Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with Mrs. Lorraine Taylor, who is a personal branding coach, educator, author, and international speaker. She is an expert in guiding people to develop the skills needed to authentically live purposefully, communicate effectively, and execute efficiently. I love that. She is the owner and founder of the Be Brand You Academy and the Do Brand You Membership Community Lorraine, it is a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic and excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. So why don't you go in before we get into all of the personal branding and what you do with Rebrand You, Rebrand You, why don't you get into family life, career, what has how that has impacted you as a mother and your motherhood journey? Super. So my motherhood journey started in the Seychelles. I had my first daughter in the Seychelles, and when she was not even a year, we moved to Dubai, which we ended up staying for 22 years. So I'm, at that time, had American citizenship, was born in the U.S., and my husband was a New Zealander and a pilot, an international pilot, so he was global, so I call myself a global family, and that's who we were, and that's how our journey eventuated. So at six months old, my daughter, my second daughter was my eldest was two. We were going back to the United States and I realized that my two-year-old had to carry her own stuff and my six-year-old, I had to carry her. And when my youngest became two, she had to start carrying her own stuff. They each had their little travel bags. And from two, they were international independent travelers and, and global nomads. They lived and visited many places. So just kind of fast forwarding in 2006, we set up a second home in New Zealand because we wanted our children to be able to live in a country that they had citizenship to. They had both American and New Zealand citizenship to, to us. So we were visiting kind of for work purposes, Dubai. So this was a great opportunity. We set up the second home. My husband as a pilot would fly in. We would go back to Dubai on our holidays and it worked well for us. In 2010, both my daughters said, we're going to boarding school, which was normal for them. We grew up in international schools in Dubai. Their friends went to boarding school. And that made sense. And in New Zealand, a very farming communities here, there was 500 boarders in a, in a 900 uh, student school. So it was where they had a lot of fun and grew up. So that happened. And when they went back to boarding, I began kind of going more back to Dubai and spending time in New Zealand and took the opportunity uh, to leave teaching. I was a secondary mass teacher, 12 years in five countries. And I ended up went back to university to get my master's degree. So wow. that was a kind of a quick journey through my life. Yeah, and I'm like, quick journey, but I'm like, there's so much to impact because gosh, to be global nomads, which I love it. How had that impacted your girls in seeing so many different cultures and traveling, especially since you are American and growing up in, in America, how did that kind of shift and help them? Well, it was, yeah, very interesting because my daughters grew up in Dubai and we walked to their primary school and their primary school had 35 different nationalities ranging from everything. And they grew up in a Muslim country. And so interestingly enough, my children never saw color or the differences of why race or religion would matter. And this was very impactful when 9-11 happened. And I felt very grateful that my daughters were able to, to grow up in a world during those early 2000s with such an open mind. 
Yeah, for sure. Because obviously being in America with all that we do have that, you know, race plays a very big role in everything. So the fact that they understood like, okay, well, this person's from this country and it was the norm for them as opposed to being like, wait, this person has an accent or this person is this, what does that mean? It was just normal for them and it was more accepted and they had the open mind. Perfect. So you leave and I'm sure that in itself, teaching in different countries is probably its own story, which I'm sure is phenomenal. But going to the story of creating the brand you and what was the purpose behind it, the mission behind it, what compelled you to create that? So yeah, I went back to, to university in 2010 because I finally had an opportunity to do that. And I went back to get a master's degree in education. It made sense. And they had online education. So I'm like grabbed onto that. This is 2010. I mean, I had just joined Facebook. We weren't Zooming. We weren't Scott. We weren't doing all of this. We didn't even, we didn't even know what Instagram was back then. So I get on and I end up in this incredible online environment with people from all over the world that are visionaries. The professors are visionaries. The people I'm working with are visionaries. And they are looking at what education is going to be in 2050 and where we're going. I quickly realized that what education is today isn't going to last. And so I actually slid over to the College of Business and focused on global communication. I'm a communication coach and help people with speaking. And again, just really opened my mind. And so literally, I got out of university in 2013 with two big questions. And one was, who am I? And my second one was, where's my community? Because I grew up in Monument, Colorado. The children I went to primary school with were the same ones I graduated with. And I went to the, the nearby university. And so community and small town and all of that, I understood what reputation meant. But all of a sudden, it's now 2012, 2013, and I have a global, a digital emerging the playing yeah. field has changed it's not like wow this is this is worldly yeah. this is global what's what's changing yeah. now we're all connected online is becoming bigger it's just yeah. different <laughs> and I don't know who I am now I don't know where I'm supposed to be yeah. and I had people because they knew I could I was going to school they were like hey will you give us workshops on how to do Instagram how to do Instagram I'm like okay and what they wanted me to do is how do you download the app and how do you how do you do this? And I quickly was like, wait a minute, th this is not what I want to do, because if you don't know who you are and you don't realize that on Instagram, you actually are communicating to a global audience. That's where B Brand You came from. And my book came out because people asked me to write it. The whole idea of Brand You is that you are both personal and professional and it is your digital reputation. And yes, the word personal brand came out in the early 2000s, but hey, we're, we're trying to figure this out. I mean, we're 2021 now and people kind of get personal brand, but that's where, where the whole thing started from. And before we go into what that process has been like, right? Because you went from being a teacher to being a business owner, entrepreneur, having a vision, making it a reality. But for my listeners who don't know, why don't you touch a little bit on what is personal branding and just a few tips or advice you could give for someone who's like just navigating online and wants to build a personal brand? Sure. So I think I'll start with what my mission is. And my mission is to empower people to make an impact by clarifying, communicating, and executing brand you. Brand you is you personally and professionally. What happened when everything sh began to shift in the early 2000s was that we went from this global communication to all of a sudden, we had to be authentic. I mean, mm -hmm. we had to make the human connection to run our business. The reality is we have always done that. That's the way the Bob from the supermarket in, in my small hometown did. He got to know us. He coached Little League. He was on the town council. That's the way we as humans connect to our businesses that we support. We make a human connection. And so to that's why the clarifying is so important. It's like, what are your values? Do they show up in your business and do they show up in your in your uh, personal life. And that is like, 
So the idea is that you be you really know who you are and then you become comfortable in being able to showcase that in not only what you're posting on social media, but what you're commenting on and who you're following, you know, and, and let's cause in a small town, we know our reputation is like, who are you hanging around? My parents were like, you better watch your reputation. Those, those girls aren't too good for you, you know? And so all of that and the communicating is my passion as well. And I love the world we live in. I mean, we, we have a plethora of ways now to communicate and it continues to change and it will continue to change and so why do you need it because we have to be human we can't pretend to be something and I think to your point customers especially now the millennials they really want to make sure that the companies that they're purchasing from or they're doing business with have a mission, stand for something. And I think we've even seen the flip side of some of these organizations getting in trouble for posting things, tweeting things, digging up things from the past, right? So it's from what I'm hearing is being very conscious of what you're putting out there. And is it really, truly resonating with what your mission is? Because there's things I read and I'm like, and I'll pause. And thankfully, I'm not a reactive person, but I'll pause or even if I'm angry before sending anything, because I think it just allows you to sit on it for a moment before sending something or typing something you may regret. Exactly. Exactly. What was it like having your vision turn into reality to go from a teacher to being this coach and saying, I can do this. I can help other people. Yeah, so I I will start with that I really had to figure out my personal brand and I had to know my mission and I had to know my values. My values are my hashtags and because they are my hashtags, they always align with me. To be successful, I mean, we really have to want something that's greater than ourselves. And for me, I wanted to, to have each person make an impact by creating a chain reaction of positive transformation. And I saw that happening globally through the communication channels. So how did I kind of go about doing that is that in 2012, 13, I was like, I'm not going to go back teaching. And and people were asking me to do coaching and they're asking me to do workshops. So I just went with that. But of course, I'm a global nomad. I live in New Zealand and I live in Dubai and I'm neither anywhere. So I began an online business then. Funnily enough, Most people didn't really want the online, you know, it was thankfully to 2020, it's now very easy for me to coach online, but before that it wasn't easy. People weren't comfortable, but it was okay because I would have my face-to-face clients in New Zealand and I would go to Dubai. I I went to Moscow and Malaysia and Oman, and I, I could go to different places and connect with people that way. So that's how it started. But I think I would like to share this story that where where did I really get that vision to reality? Because it has become a reality because of 2020. And that was, I wanted an online business. I wanted to work from anywhere in 2014. And I remember where I was. I was at the top of a volcano, which is a mountain that I skied on, which was 40 minutes from my house in New Zealand. And I was there, I was having some hot soup and looking out over the farmland and the snowy mountain. And these couple of businessmen were sitting on their phone, eating their soup. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be able to ski and work. That's what I want. I mean, New Zealand's a great place. I love hiking. I love doing all this stuff. And I said, then I'm going to create an online business that I want to work from anywhere. And because of 2020, I rebranded last year and I chose that I'm going to stop face-to-face and I'm going to go completely online. And so I finally have made that final step and it's taken a while. And that is the journey of an entrepreneur. Wow. So first off, kudos to you for taking that, for saying, okay, which is so interesting because you started, you said you had some online courses, but you had face-to-face. That's a big deal, right? Because people can look and be like, wait a minute, you're, you know, you could possibly be losing revenue of people who would want to see you face-to-face or who would want this. But you're like, yeah, but I can help so many more people if I focus solely online. And it also allows you to live into your purpose, doing what you enjoy to do as well. So tell me specifically what products and services you offer. So I'll just also do a quick story here. And that is 
everyone has their 2020 story. So my 2020 story was my husband and I were skiing in Whistler. It was beginning of March. We arrived back in Dubai and it's like, get the whiff that there's this coronavirus going on. I had speaking engagements in the Philippines, in Curacao, Dutch Caribbean, in France, in Dubai, in New Zealand, lined up. And I had my clients in, in the Middle East and I'd lived there for 22 years. And my husband got back from a flight and in 20 minutes, we made the decision that I would get on the next plane. And that was the last plane that left Dubai that brought passengers into New Zealand. And now we are 2021 in July, New Zealand's still in lockdown. Our borders are shut. It was crazy. My life was just out, of, out from under me. Wait, clarify that. So you had to be separated from your family. You couldn't go back home? adult children say they were both in New Zealand. That was one of the reasons we thought I should just at least come back to here because I lived in both and my husband did too, but he's a pilot. And so he stayed there, but I never knew when I got on that plane that it was the last flight. I never knew that. And and then my husband was put into early, they, they early retired a lot of the captains. And so he ended up having to stay in Dubai until November. And so then he finally arrives back, goes through his two-week quarantine. Once I knew I wasn't going back to Dubai, I knew that I wanted to connect globally because when I published my book, I was a sponsor at the International Conference in Denver. I had these speaking engagements and I didn't want to lose all of this connection because I thrive on it. It's part of who I am. And it was really hard to say, okay, I'm not going to do any more face-to-face things right now and go solely online. So you get to the products and services that I offered. I chose to rebrand. The rebrand came out at the beginning of 2021. Takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of soul searching for that. And all the, the website things and everything that you have to deal with. But now... The focus of what I do is a subscription-based membership community, which is Do Brand You. I mean, 2020 was a gift because it's allowed me to move to that next step of Be Brand You, and it's Do Brand You. It's executing who you are. So we have two levels. If you arrive on my website, probably by the time this podcast comes out, when you click on the Do Brand You Do Book Club, that's the entry into the, the membership community. What is the Do Book Club? It is for people that are doing the best version of themselves, personally, professionally, to read books together and execute what they read and learn from each other globally. We have to have conversations globally. I mean, we've had conversations in that group where, where we've even gotten down to words. It's like, well, that, that means this to me. And, oh, that means that to me. I mean, where are we going to learn this? And how are we going to communicate if we don't get what other people, and I mean, what news can we believe anyway? We need to learn from the people around us. So that's the entry into the club. The top tier is basically a, a mastermind. Uh, we meet on Zoom. We support each other. It's, it's very cool. And, and it's a very small community now intentionally. So that's the main product that I have. I offer coaching. I have the Be Brand You Academy. So what I chose to do last year was to completely kind of hibernate and I went off social media and I went off every place. I stopped my YouTube channel. I stopped everything and all of that's going to start emerging again. So you can find me, Lorraine Taylor, just helping people out, motivating, inspiring, giving them tips. I love it. Well, you had so far your website looks beautiful to me. I love the colors. I'm always fascinated when I see people who are in like the marketing aspect or branding and coaching and the aesthetics. Like I love it because that's just not my thing. I'm analytical. I'm a numbers girl. My background is in accounting and HR. So I'm that kind of person. So I I love it. And I I, I love people who are creative. So I love your, your websites. I will say something because I think this will help the listeners is it was really, really tough. And I actually worked with a design company on really getting understanding how I wanted to rebrand. And the thing is, my business is called Be Brand You Limited here in New Zealand. My community is Do Brand You and it's built on Circle. And then I have the Be Brand You Academy. It's built on Teachable. And it was like, 
do I become be brand you? Do, do I do that? That's what I was going to do. I was going to become be brand you. But the thing is, everybody around the world knew me as Lorraine Taylor. I am a personal brand. And so when you do look at the website, they've done it very cleverly. There's Lorraine Taylor and my products are a community, an academy, and services. And I've actually helped other people with that same concept. It's really tough if you want to be a personal brand. How do you put your business underneath that? Correct. And it's funny because, yeah, I ran into that because I have my podcast, Mama's Know Best, Mm -hmm. We Got Something to Say, which created my Instagram, Mama's Know Best. And I wanted it to be specifically intentionally plural because I felt like everyone's like, Mama knows best, Mom knows best. But I'm like, Mamas, we all know best. So I want it to be like a a village, a collective effort after doing this podcast now for two years and talking to so many different women, it's of course, like any other entrepreneur or person with a, with a vision, you know, it's, it's transcended and I've developed to then the motherhood village. So I was going back and forth. I'm like, okay, do I keep mama's no best or do I have the motherhood village? Like, what do I do? I, I was in a, a small program from someone who actually was on my podcast and she does marketing specifically geared towards products. So if you have a product, she comes from the product-based Coca-Cola, those kind of um, companies. And she's like, people know you as Mama's No Best. She's like, stick with it. She was like, but you could also add in the Motherhood Village. So when you go to my website, you see Mama's No Best presents the Motherhood Village. But it is very difficult when you do have a brand, how to tie it together. So to your point, yeah, I see it. Your name's right there, bold. The Be Brand New Academy, the Do Book Club. So it's all there, but in subtle ways, but not confusing. It's tough because we all evolve. Personal brands, I mean, people kind of think it's static, but it doesn't. We evolve. Yeah, we sure do. And I guess that's a good point that you're, you are alluding to because I know for me, when I first started, I thought everything had to be perfect. And I would even argue with my husband. He's like, okay, and then what if it changes? Like, it's going to change. How many times I hired different people to do my logo and I didn't like it and then that changed like it evolved and I learned but that is part of the nature of it like you said you just rebrand maybe what you couldn't afford then you can afford now so now you up it a little bit everything changes exactly which is the nature of entrepreneurship so I know you said you have your book which is the be brand you a personal guide to bring the life you desire and deserve but I know you're actually, are you in the process of writing it? Are you almost done your second book called Where Are You From? A Question That Challenges Identity in Our Culturally Blended World. So let's go into that because I I believe you're co-writing that with your daughter or have co-written it already with your daughter. Yeah. So it was, yeah, 2017 and I was finishing the writing of Be Brand You and it was like giving birth, trying to get a book out in the world. And the last thing on my mind was to write another book. But an opportunity arose where my eldest daughter was 20 at the time, and we took a trip to Prague. And the book is written, it's in its second edit at the moment, and it is written in a way that everything that is written is sparked by a conversation that happened in Prague. Every day we have something happen and it sparks a conversation. And so through that, Ashley deep dives into the topic of that conversation. And then I, as the mom, deep dive into that conversation. And that is a result of us having conversations on Zoom over the last three or four years. And I have learned so much about my daughter through this. Now, What is the book about? Where are you from? So my daughter was raised in her developmental years in Dubai, and she left there when she was nine. But she didn't leave there because she kept going back on holidays. She's like so many other children in the world. I mean, there were 5,000 pilots just in Dubai alone. And so many of those children have now gone home, but what's home mean? So The whole idea of where are you from is the idea of culturally blended identity. That's what this whole book is about. My daughter is really vulnerable in here and we really dive into some deep issues like grief. How do you define home? Misunderstood perceptions. My real purpose for this book is that my daughter and myself, because I'm a New Zealander now, 
this really difficult to deal with. But like when she when she came to New Zealand, she is a New Zealander. But when she arrived, she didn't speak like a New Zealander. And because she had been here growing up here with the kids that they all knew each other since they were little. When she said, I'm from New Zealand, they said, no, you're not. And, and that's the question. If anybody is culturally blended, that's what you get most of the time. Where are you from? You say where you're from. And then people say, no, you're not. Talk about mental health for young children. When that happens to children in a classroom, I've spoken to teachers and counselors in Dubai. I said, the worst thing you can ask a student, a kid in Dubai is where are you from? Because they can't figure that out when they're that age. That's not their development yet. And I didn't understand it until Ashley and I had these conversations. The reason I wrote the book is because I made a lot of mistakes as a parent. And I really want to help other parents and, and Ashley wants to help other children that are searching and they don't have teachers and parents that are helping them. Sure. No, that's a good point. And actually, thank you for your vulnerability and honesty of saying that there were some mistakes, because I think as mothers, it's so important to hear that we all try our best. And I'm new to this. My son is only four. But in talking to other parents, talking to my own mom, we're very hard on ourselves as women, as moms. So to have that, you know, thank you for that. And I mean, also you were doing the best with what you knew at that time. Looking back, I'm sure that does make sense that that is a lot to unload on a child and all the questions that arise from that. And now in 2021, we know a little bit more about reframing the words that we use with our children and saying certain things. Today, I was, I was talking to my son and he wanted something. And I was like, well, we don't, I don't really have the money for that. And then I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? No, because I remember hearing that. And then that pushed me to always want to make money, but money isn't always the answer. And I said, you know what? No, I said, we do have the money for it, but you're not getting it because you have a bunch of toys. Cause that's really the reason it's just learning the reframing because then he'll, okay, yeah, we don't have the money. Well, you know, I want to get a job now because I want the money. I want the money. Everything is, we don't have the money. No, you just have a lot of toys. Obviously I know that's a very minuscule thing. That's a lot to unload on a child to say, yeah, where are you from? And I can imagine being like, I don't know. Does that mean I don't belong here? What does that mean? Am I from outer space? And then immediately, I'm sure your daughter possibly feeling like, is there something wrong with me? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also this, and also the book is my story. And, and my daughter got to, to learn my story because I grew up as an American. I left the United States in 1987 for two years. I was going to go back and I didn't. And now I'm a citizen of New Zealand and I'm not an American citizen anymore. But yeah, in New Zealand, no one will accept that I'm a New Zealander because of the way I speak. In fact, when I go to America, most people don't think I'm American anymore. And I, I'm a cultural blend of who I am. So how has that affected you and you're an adult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we interview people in the, in the book. I have a friend, Anki. I mean, she was born in Yugoslavia. Well, Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. Another lady I interview, she's Iranian, but she was born in Scotland. And she would never tell anybody she was Iranian because of what the perception is. Ashley has good friends here in New Zealand that are New Zealanders. They were born in New Zealand. They have lived here their whole life. Not like Ashley. Mm -hmm. Ashley looks exactly like a New Zealander. People will look at her and say, she's a New Zealander. Her friend, they will say she's not a New Zealander because she's Asian looking, you see? And so we have a big identity issue that is exponentially growing because our world, our children, they're going all over the world. They're marrying people from different cultures. And even if you as a parent are not culturally blended, I can guarantee your children have culturally blended friends. And so you have to understand their friends. You have to be able to ask the right questions to them. And the question that you ask is, what is your story? What is your story? Because my daughter, the book started in 2000 when she was, she was seven years old. It was International Day in Dubai. 37 different nationalities were on show. It was amazing. But right before that, I picked her up from school. We we're on the way home. And Ashley said to me at seven years old, mom, my teacher said, I need to write an essay. The title is, where are you from? And she said, mom, what does that mean? 
at seven years old. And that has driven me since then. And so, in fact, I've always said I've only got online, but I love speaking. I love this stage. I love workshops. I love the live. And that is what I am going to dedicate the rest of my um, live speaking to is once the book is published, we have a community coming out as well because we need private conversations behind a wall where people can be vulnerable and be open and ask questions and parents can ask how to how to raise these children and children can say I don't know who I am and probably older because it's not until they get into their 20s that developmentally people are really seeking that identity so I mean my mission is to get into educational conferences and to talk about this and so that coaches and teachers and parents we understand that we we live in a culturally blended. And I guess this all ties to the DE&I conversation, the diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation with it all, because this is yeah. all a part of that. Just looking at it on a different level, because our identity is then all mixed with the personal branding, right? How can you personal brand? How can you sell something if you don't even know who you are per se and, and what you are a mix of, you know, of your different places? And do you change the story? And it's like, no, what is your story as opposed to where you're from because we all are a mixture of different things and things that make us up from things. I was speaking with a guy, he's he's Brazilian and he 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 moved to the United States and he's a he's an American now. He's been there for years and years working there, married an American, two sons, one looks American and one looks Brazilian. But the reality is the one that looks Brazilian is not accepted as American. They're brothers know. you know I mean we have this we have mixed families where one child looks more Asian and one looks more Caucasian and 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 the the Caucasian is treated differently yes this no, is too. like a mental health identity how this is coming across zoom meetings where kids are coming on and if that's all you are I mean, if, if your identity is because somebody looks at you, looks at your physical features, and then here's the way you speak, and then decides who you are, and all of the stereotypes that go with that is crazy. I mean, in the chapter, Misunderstood Perceptions, the conversation in Prague that happened was that Ashley and I were walking around Old Town. I went one way to look at something and then I came back and Ashley said, this is really weird, mom, but these people came up to me and they were speaking to me in Czech. And I said, well, that actually makes sense, Ashley, because my mom and her family come from Poland. And I mean, the Polish border is a hundred kilometers from here. So you look like the people here. And she's like, man, that is so weird that they assume something because of my physical features. Yes, yes, 100%. I get it. I mean, I am Latin. I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. I mean, at least, I, you know, my grandfather was born there. My great grandmother was born in Italy, but born in New York. And I do not speak Spanish. And of course, I mean, I look so immediately, no matter where I go, these people start speaking Spanish. And I, I really wish I did know how to speak Spanish, but I don't. And I remember one time I was working at a bank. I was in high school and it, it was an American couple, older and I was opening up their account and she was like, are you sure you understand? Do you speak English? And I'm like, yes, I was born in New York and she just couldn't believe it. Or even like her husband's looking at me and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, you know, it's fine. And she's like, but are you sure you can you read? And I'm like, yeah, I don't speak Spanish. I kept telling her thinking back, like that was a bad thing it would have dumbed me down. Like, I, I guess she was insinuating like me understanding or if I did. So even looking back, a lot of people also have this, that if you speak another language other than English, you're automatically like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? And it's like, in actuality, this person speaks three languages. If they speak English and their language, they actually probably, they know more than you. <laughs> preschool, my son's preschool is bilingual. And I wanted him to learn Spanish and I'm hoping through different schools here in South Florida that he can continue um, to at least have that. But studies show when children are introduced to multiple languages, it actually helps develop their brain. Like there's so many things. So yeah, it always makes me laugh when American does think that because I'm like, actually, we're behind on a lot of this because these countries with yeah. people knowing multiple languages are doing better than what we got here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually very fascinated with the book. And, and funny enough, I'm doing um, a 
a speaking engagement in September discussing DE&I and how to be an ally. So if your book is out by then, or if there's a way to, I mean, it's September or to even mention it, because I would love to talk about that or even to get your perspective and I'll quote you, I'll source you and all of that, because I think this is so interrelated yeah. with that. It's, it's all connecting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, and why do we do it? Because as mothers, one of the biggest gifts we can do is to do and be the best version of ourselves and make positive change in the world. Because when we do, we create a better world for the next generation, which is our children. And our children shouldn't be struggling with identity in a multicultural global world anymore. I mean, we, we need to speed this up. The, the whole point of this book is, is it's a conversation between a mother and a daughter. We're starting a community so that we can have conversations. The whole purpose is to continue the conversation, to mm -hmm. continue the conversation. And I'm happy to speak. And anybody listening, I, I am a speaker. I'm happy to speak. I will come and speak on this topic anywhere. Open it up. I want the conversations to start. Your most valid point before was if you, even if you're not multicultural, your children are either going to have multicultural friends or maybe the person they date is going to be multicultural because it's becoming interconnected on so many different levels because people are able to travel more than they were able to do before. It's just different. Well, something that Ashley brings up in the book that I, I just never thought of was the reaction she got from her grandparents and aunties and uncles. They didn't understand yeah. because she is from Dubai in her mind. She doesn't have a piece of paper, but she grew up there. All of her memories, all of her first thoughts, where she walked, where she talked, where she did everything is there. Yeah. And, and, and so that's a big part of her, but her own family, grandparents don't understand. I see that. Yeah, I mean, we just have, and it's just having open conversations. That's all it's Love about. It. So do you have an idea of when it will be published? So the idea is that we're actually starting the community before it will be published. So if people do get in touch with me, the community will start. We'll have a newsletter going out starting in September. We will start the community small. The conversations will start with podcasts between my daughter and I, but they will be in the community. They'll be in a private space. We can't have these in the public. We can't have public conversation about this. We, we don't need the trolls. We need trust. So they'll be in the private community. And then we are also coming out. We're building two courses. So one course is for culturally blended people. And one is for culturally blended people for parents. And then my idea is that I'll also create a course for teachers and coaches and people like that. So there's this whole thing coming out and it's ramping up now. So I love it. And I was going to add my, my next follow up was going to be what's next for you and be brand new. But I, I think <laughs> I think you have your plate full, but I see the excitement. So I know you're ready for it. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And I mean, for those people listening, especially those people with young children, you know, just invest in your children. I mean, sometimes I remember and I have friends that have young children and they're like, oh, my God, it's just such a, you know, like there's the days are difficult, you know, and you give up a lot as a mother. But the one thing I did is I put my children first. And one thing I did as an entrepreneur is I would work from wherever I was um, traveling or in Dubai or New Zealand my kids were at boarding school and I would work uninterrupted. I, I work in batches. That's my, my little secret, work in batches and take breaks. But if my daughters ever messaged me and said, mom, can you talk? I stopped. It didn't matter where it was or when it was. And when you create those connections, I mean, one time I remember I was in New Zealand. It was 11.45 in the evening. I was talking to my husband who was somewhere in the world because he was on a flight. And I heard his phone go off. And, and I said, who's that? It was a ding. And he said, oh, it's Ashley. Well, Ashley's my eldest and she's at boarding school. And I'm like, well, you know, why did she message you clear across the world? He said she, she had a bad dream and she woke up. And she grabbed her phone and she talked to her dad. And this is the connection we have with our children. And when you build 
those connections as a family when your children do go global and become nomads and marry people from different cultures and countries, it doesn't matter. You'll always be connected. And so we live in a wonderful world today, honestly. I love that. That's so poignant and it's so true. I'm still so brand new to this and I'm sure I will make my own mistakes, but I'm trying to understand my son's love language. And I think he has two right now. And it's really the affection. He loves touch everything. So, I mean, he was just sleeping still on my belly, you know, when I'm putting him to sleep, he's like, mommy, can I lay on your belly? And I'm like, sure. Now we kind of spoon. So he has to lay in my arms and I have to hold him, but he loves touch. And then his second one is quality time. Like, oh man, like, I mean, and it could be exhausting, right? I mean, I love it, but it can be because it's like a, a constant thing. So I try and remind myself to, as you said, build this connection with him now. So as he does get older and goes to face the world and possibly, or not possibly, he will be in situations that may make him uncomfortable or scared that he can either call myself or my husband because we've built that connection. Of course, still with boundaries and telling him I'll be right there and give me a second because I mean, I obviously can't be 24 seven, but yeah, no, that's so poignant because it's so true. I think ultimately, no matter how many toys, this, that kids just want the quality time. They do for sure. No matter what your life is, no matter how crazy it is, that consistency of connection I mean, we were a global family. We could be in four different countries at any one time. So you you can still stay connected. You can still stay close. And I mean, the last thing I ever thought when I was just about ready to publish my first book was I was going to start a second book with my daughter. (laughs) But once those conversations happened in Prague and she said, mom, I think we should write a book. I said, okay, let's do that. What about your second daughter? Did she have any of those same identity questions and issues with it? Well, the interesting thing, and this is a really, really important thing um, for parents, is is that in a culturally blended family, the children, they have their own story. And so she doesn't have the same story. She doesn't have the, the, the same thing. Same it's completely different. Yeah. She's a New Zealander that grew up in, in, in Dubai, and she had grandparents in the States. I mean, that's in her mind. However, I do have to say that when she went to boarding school and she is a New Zealand citizen, she, she's just through and through a New Zealand citizen. She, she's everything about it. But her friends in, in boarding school called her the foreign friend because she didn't have a pure New Zealand accent. So, I mean, how does that make you feel? For sure. No, absolutely. Both her and my, my, my husband are looking forward to this book coming out. And yeah, it's, I have a very special connection with my eldest daughter and that, yeah, I think we both like to talk and dig deep into the, the meaning of life. Whereas my other daughter and my husband are really black and white. But I think it also goes to a test to each child is different. She didn't share the same experiences. Same thing. And my sister and I are very different. I kind of dig deep or a little further in certain things. And my sister, yes, very like my father, very black and white, or okay, it is what it is where I'm compassionate. I, I feel deeply in all this. Neither is right or wrong. It's just she's too different. And she's completely, nothing phases her. At least, you know, she's like, okay. And me, I'm like, so I'm the passionate, I'm the loud one. So yeah, that's, that's awesome that you, that you said that. And correct me and my mom have grown into, I was a daddy's girl and still am, but becoming a mom and maybe because I'm older I don't know my mother and I have gotten closer you know I kind of understand I'm like oh shit like I get it now all those times you hear you know you'll understand it's like no I I understand now but okay let's get into some quick questions about you I know you got a lot going on all amazing things but what do you do to recharge and refill your cup and get you re-energized to do everything you like to do I'll say from a work perspective, I got into a rhythm a few years ago. As humans, we are meant to create. There's a great book out at the moment called Craftfulness. It's about, we we need to create. We need to do something with our hands. We have to do, so I work and then I take in batches and then I take a break and then I'll, you know, I like working in my garden or I like cooking or I like playing the piano or something where I'm doing something, creating physical touching things really helps. Other than that, I mean, I'm in the South Island in New Zealand. I know the people listening can't see, but the sunrise behind me is the beach I walk on. It's five minutes from my house. It's the first sun that comes to the world. 
And I love walking with my dogs and skiing on mountains and hiking and just getting out in nature and enjoying that and having fun with people. So tell me about the batches. How do you work and however long you feel? And then when you're feeling like, okay, enough is enough, then you'll do whatever it is you enjoy to kind of get back energized. Yeah, I found that I do my best work in the morning. So I actually get up at five and I'll, I'll do a couple hours. I can do a big couple hours and another couple hours with a break between that. And then in the afternoon, I'm just over it. So that's when I do all that stuff where you don't need to really think it's the more repetitive thing. So, and then my batching in the afternoon gets shorter. And then as an entrepreneur, because I can, you know, at 3 p.m., I'm, 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 I'm done. You know, and I've had to, that's what, that's still hard for me. It's still hard for me to say, I'm not going to touch it anymore, especially rebranding. I mean, there's an endless list of things I need to do, but 3 p.m. it's, that's it. And sometimes I don't do that and I keep working or I do something at night and literally three or four days down the road, I'm burnt out and I have to take a couple days off. So it doesn't help. Saturday, I allow myself to work up until 11 and that's when I call my sister and we chat And then I'm done until Monday morning. So setting those breaks, especially as an entrepreneur, especially as a sole business owner, even if your full-time job is you're being a mom, you have to have your own time. You know, I mean, as a mother, I used to like, yeah, two hours in the afternoon. It was like, they had to just go in the room. They could play, they could do anything, but I had to have time. You have to have downtime what do you do to relax and unwind and get downtime for the day yeah I I mean I like reading a lot so I try and I try to go off the iPad type things and and off the devices in the evening and read and I I really do find walking really relaxing so I easily take a couple walks a day yeah just do that unwinding have the bedtime routine that I do every time and and you know just even watch some mindless TV in the evenings just without picking up the laptop and you know oh I could do one more thing (laughs) Yes, that's that's where I'm struggling. I'm coming from a corporate mindset, right? And my the entrepreneurs I worked for and even the American mindset of working 24-7. And if you're not working, you're not a hard worker, right? You're not a good worker. So I've had, I mean, that's the background I, I come in. That's how I've always worked. And I always had this proud aspect of it. And now that I'm yeah, an entrepreneur and building things and creating things, I think I really need to set some boundaries I'll have my own burst where I'll work to maybe midnight and I I just have a sense of energy and then I'll sleep in the next morning. Like I'll do things like that, but I would like to get on a better schedule with it, but it it was hard for me because I felt like I always had to do something. I still struggle with it. And I was like, I was to the point, I mean, I was, I was just seriously working all of the time. And I love, the thing is, I love the business that I am. I love doing what I'm doing. I literally had a friend say to me, Lorraine, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working on my business and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. She goes, no, but you're not happy. And I said, I'm happy. She goes, no, you're not. She goes, are you still doing, you know, are you still getting out and and, and, and bike riding and doing these things? I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to do that. I just don't have time. She goes, you're not happy. You, you need to do that. Yeah. And so we really aren't the best version of ourselves when we do that. And the reality is it's in the downtimes that when we take those breaks and come back that are we do as a human are able to really you know have that i mean corporations google was the first one you know give their employees 20 percent of time to do whatever they want to do just create have fun explore play in the sandbox and and then they get more out of their employees i mean and yet we as entrepreneurs leave the corporate world and we actually end up working as hard or harder than we do before. That, when I realized I was like doing that, I'm like, why do I have my own business? Correct. Because I have the two and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm getting all these different things to get one income when I had one income before, but it's not the purpose. It's not what our purpose is, which we know that I can still take off tomorrow and have no problem with it. I think that's the beauty of it, right? When you're an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, what? I need to take off tomorrow and no one's going to tell me anything that's the the beauty with it but okay let's get into what is your favorite book or one to recommend I have a lot of books that I like to read but I'm actually going to say this it's the book that you create it's the book that you write because I am a hundred percent positive everybody has a book in them 
and the book that you write and when you become an author, whether that's a children's book, whether that's a small little book or whether it's a big novel or whatever it is, it's part of how we as humans communicate and whatever that book looks like today, maybe it's an online book or something, but it is that book that you create. It, everyone has a story. Love it. What is your favorite organizational or business hack that gets you through? I, I will go back to batching and making time to create and take time off and to say no and to claim my time, whether I'm a mother, whether I'm a wife, whether I'm a business owner, it doesn't matter. I need my own time. What's your favorite word? Create. Create. I love it. I think we are meant to create. And it's my, I have a friend that told me, she says, you need to have artist dates. And an artist date is when you, when you literally go by yourself and just explore some some art. And yesterday they had the winter festival. I'm in New Zealand. They had the winter festival here in my small town. And I went down, they had ice carving and they had an art exhibition. And I just went and I was so inspired and I just took it all in and I went, I purposely went by myself. So love it. I think that is it. Yeah. Create. Love it. What has motherhood taught you? You know, motherhood is, is, you know, I think we all know it doesn't come with an instruction manual or anything. And I struggled a lot because I chose to be a stay-at-home mom. My, my husband was, you know, an international pilot, so he wasn't around. We were in Dubai and my, my, my youngest daughter had some medical issues. So it was just, it was easier for me to, to manage that. Yeah, she's, she's okay now. That's fine. But I, it was a lot of work at, the, at that time. You know, motherhood taught me not to devalue myself if I'm not doing what the world says I should or expects of me. And that that is part of the whole be brand you for me is and doing brand you is that we need to we need to really know who we are and get the bigger picture that the money we make isn't our purpose. The job we have isn't our purpose, but the ability of a mother to influence the next generation in our world when we are not here anymore is the biggest gift we can ever have. Love it. Tell people where they can find you. LorraineTaylor.com. If you go there, my website is just the conglomeration of everything. I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, the YouTube podcast will be coming back up. And so that's the easiest way. Yeah. Love it. And yes, so now any final thoughts to the podcast world? So I always say that on my membership community is Do Brand You. And I always say the magic of Do Brand You, the community or doing you is the magic comes in locally, globally. So as we create impact locally in our own world, in our own families, in our own businesses, in our own local environment, and we support other people globally, Perhaps we have a conversation, perhaps we read somebody's book who's an author that's in a different country, or mm -hmm. perhaps we have conversations within the Do community, we support each other. When we do that, we are not only being and doing the best version of ourselves, we're doing it locally, globally. And that's, it. that's the impact that I think we all need to look for in our world, making that impact locally, supporting and making it globally. So well said. Thank you so much, Lorraine. This has been an absolute yeah. pleasure. I will be My rooting pleasure. on you. I know we're connected on the, you know, the LinkedIn and certain platforms, but I will be rooting for you. I am so intrigued and excited for your book. Once I read it, I think it's something that, you know, to talk about because I think it all goes hand in hand. And the more we know, the more conversations we have, the further we can, we can go with all of that. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for an another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.